there are thousands of tshuvas printed from Rav Meisha Feinstein and there are thousands of halachic rulings that we have from Rav Meisha, and most of those, many of those, have made a profound effect on the lives of Torah Jewry in America. Perhaps the one tshuva, one many of you a couple times, many tshuvas they discuss is one halacha psak that, halacha psak that he gives as the most effect on the most range of people on a daily basis is his tshuva on the kosher status of Nook in America. Instead of like go through that topic, go through the concept of Chov Yisrael, Chov Sam, explain the various opinions where Meisha comes from, where those who argue in Meisha come from, explain the various opinions in the halachas of Chov Yisrael. The Mishnah in Meisha Zara lists numerous rabbinic prohibitions when it comes to related to food. One of these halachas is that in order, the Mishnah says, in order for milk to be considered kosher, a Jew has to see the milk being, the cow being milked. You didn't see it being milked, the milk is not considered to be kosher. Why did Chazal institute this halacha? Well, the reason for that is that there are various different types of animals that give off milk, and the only milk that's considered kosher is if it comes from a kosher animal. Milk from a cow, from a sheep, from a goat, or all, that, all that milk is kosher. Milk from a pig, milk from a camel, milk from a dog, other animals that give off milk, but they're not kosher, their milk is also not kosher. Only milk that is kosher is, comes from a kosher animal, comes from a not kosher animal, the milk itself is not kosher. Because I was concerned that maybe the farmer who's giving you this milk, he's not giving you cow's milk, like he tells you. He's giving you pig's milk or camel's milk or whatever else it is. Therefore, Chazal Institute Allah, that you have to <coughs> have a Jew see the milk, see the cow being milked, and then you know that that milk that you're getting is regular kosher milk. It's clear from the ready from the Gemara that you don't have to actually see the actual milking. The Gemara says that even sitting outside the room, where the cows, where the animals being milked, and any time you could stand up and see what's going on inside there, that is sufficient to consider it to be Chobi saw that the, a Jew saw being milked, means it has to be under the Jew's supervision. He can see it at any second. At any second he can see it, now the, the farmer is not, is not going to substitute it with a um, non-kosher milk, because you know the Jew is right there and can literally stand up and see what's going on. So it has to be considered under Jewish supervision. There's a fundamental question. But what is the understanding, what is the nature of this halacha? Is the understanding of this halacha that Chazal came along and said, in order for milk to be considered kosher, it has to be seen, but the milking has to be either seen or done by a Jew. If it's not seen by done by a Jew, the milk is no, not kosher. There's a new halacha Chazal instituted, or the Abanan, that milk is only kosher when it's milked by a Jew. Why did they do that? Because sometimes there's a concern that the farmer is giving you non-kosher milk. But the halacha that it's only considered kosher if a Jew milks it or sees it being milked is true in all scenarios. They Chazal instituted a new halacha. Milk is only kosher when it's, when it's seen or done by a Jew. Even if you in this particular case, I don't have that uh, the concern of a non-kosher milk. Or what Chazal just telling you that making us aware that there is a, sometimes a problem. Sometimes the guy might substitute non-kosher milk. So take whatever precautions <coughs> are necessary to make sure it doesn't happen. For example, having a Jew wash it. Were they instituting a new halakha that's always applies, or were they giving you make sure that your halakha make sure that your milk is actually kosher? How to do that? One great way is having a Jew stand there. But if you, in your particular case, you don't have a concern that the milk is coming from a non-kosher source, then you wouldn't require anything. So there's a Mordechai, already on the Gemara, who seems to seems to address this question. He's talking about the halakha that you that you have to have someone at least stationed, the very least stationed outside the room where the milk is going on. And the Mordechai says there are those who want to say that that's only true if you 
if you think that there is a non-kosher animal in the barn. But if you know there's no non-kosher animal in the barn, you don't even need someone outside the room. So Mordechai says, those that says that, there's those who say that, um, they don't want to infer from the Gemara like that, and the Mordechai rejects that position. The Mordechai says, no, even if you know there's no non-kosher animal in the barn, you have to be standing outside the room, it still has to be under your supervision. <coughs> Seems like Mordechai is saying, in all cases, you need a Jew on site, even if there's no particular concern that the, that the non-Jew is going to um, give you non-kosher milk. That's what the Mordechai seems to be saying. This Mordechai is widely quoted by the Akrainim, including the Beis Yosef, and the Ramon Tereschatis quotes him, is widely quoted, quoted and accepted as halacha by most of the Akrainim. So it seems like the Mordechai is telling us that it's a gzera. It's a new halacha. You always need to have Jewish supervision. However, it comes along the pre-chadash, uh, earlier Akrainim, and he discusses a case where he said that there was there is no non-kosher animal in the city. No, no, no non-kosher animals in the region. They don't raise pigs or dogs in that place. They only have cows, sh- cows, sheep, and goats. They don't have any non-kosher animals there. And he wants to know, that case, is it required to have a Jew supervising the milking? We know there's no non-kosher animals. There's nothing like that in the entire city. Or he says, let's say a case where you find there are, there are non-kosher animals there, but their milk costs a fortune. So no one's substituting camel milk into your, into your cow's milk because it costs more money. So there's no, absolutely no incentive for, the, for anyone to do that. And the pre-Kaddish discusses under those circumstances, is it necessary to have a Jew supervising the milking? The pre-Kaddish says, nope, it's not necessary. Why? Because now we're just telling you that there's a, if you have a concern that there's a non-Jew, that, that, that there's non-kosher milk being switched with your kosher milk, then make sure it's being supervised. But if you have no concern, like a case, he said, no legitimate concern, it's very unlikely that, there, that the milk is coming from somewhere else if there are no non-kosher animals in the city. It's very unlikely the non-Jew is giving you, switching out your, camel, um, your, your cow's milk for camel milk if it costs triple the price. Therefore, Frikhadr says, you have no concern, you don't need to supervise it. What does he do with the Mordechai who seems to say that it's a gezerah, that you always need it regardless of whether in your particular case you have a concern or not? The Pichadah says, no, the, the Mordechai was just saying you need someone standing outside there to make sure that no one brings in other non-kosher milk from the outside. He's saying, you know there's no non-kosher animal inside the barn. Maybe they're bringing in pails of dog milk in while, in while, <laughs> while you're not looking. So it's for you need someone stationed outside the door to make sure it doesn't happen. But he wants to understand that even the Mordechai agrees that it's a just a concern. And if you get rid of that concern, there's nothing available in the city, or it's triple the price, says the Prichadash that you would not require a Jew to supervise that milking. That's the opinion of the Prichadash, it's just a concern. If I get rid of the concern in a different way, there's no non-kosher animal in the city, or it's very expensive, that non-kosher milk, then he says you do not need to have a Jew supervising the milking. He says this was the minog in Amsterdam where he was. That's the Prichadash's opinion. However, the vast majority of Akhrenim argue on the Prichadash, some of them vehemently, the Arachashokha and the Chachmasadam, Chassam Seifer, various Chreinim who have a very important effect on the way we pass in halacha, they all argue on the pre-Kaddish. They say it's not the simple understanding of the Mordechai. The simple understanding of the Mordechai is that it's a gzera. You always need to have a, you always need to have a Jew supervising the milk, supervising the milking, regardless if you happen to have a particular chash in this particular case, whether you have a particular concern or not. That is the way most of the Chreinim understand this halacha, like the simple understanding already of the Mordechai, the simple understanding of the Rishonim, that you always need a Jew watching the milking regardless of what's going on. That, that's, 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 that
Like the other heard though, the Mordechai has a reason. He says Penyarim Yasin So why do you add the reason? It's just a zero that you always have to have these hell in the capital, right? Then why then why do you give a reason that maybe it's gonna get flushed? Is it Zera? Sounds like a Pikachu. Sounds like a Shikha. He says that he says the second last line, he says uh no, 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 he's talking about why he's saying an extra there later on, later on. Not an extra there, but the halacha that they should have even beginning before the guy, before the guy, so you should check the pail. He's saying that halacha, you should check the pail, is because maybe he stuck it in before. And the, the, the ikra halacha from the Mishnah seems like you got to watch the actual moking. He's saying, no, the Chazal and the, the, the Kashish agency, I think they're this, that they have someone watch, check, check the utensils to make sure that they're actually, there's actually nothing in there before it starts. But that's uh, before it starts, not the actual moking. Should you think about making zero, or does it just have to be an issue? That, 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 that is the title. That's the title. So the Mordechai seems to be saying that it's Xerah. Yeah. The Prichadosh wanted to argue, say it's just in Yeshua. He wants to explain Prichadosh in a different way. The Achreinim, the Chotim Sadam, the Chashokhan, the Chassam Sefer all say, no, no, it's Xerah. And then it's in the, Mordechai seems to be saying like that. By the way, as a side note, most of the cows in Europe come from, from Holland. Uh, I don't know. Just, there was a source literally there yeah, was yeah, cows yeah. in Holland so maybe that's yeah, okay, yeah. okay well that could yeah. uh, but um, that is uh, most of most of hold like that so right now we have two opinions we have the opinion of the Pichadash that is just there's just a concern and if you get added that concern in a different way you do not need a Jew watching the mocking you have the opinion of the cult of Sam Seifer who is the, the most the, 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 the most machmer opinion in this that you need one thing works you need Jewish supervision if a Jew is not there it is not considered to be Kosher milk. That is the two opinions we have so far. Comes along with Moshe Feinstein. Moshe Feinstein says, we do not paskin like the Prichadosh. He says, even if you have no concern, you still need to have Jewish supervision. Not like the Prichadosh. He takes the opinion of the other Achreinim. However, comes along with Moshe, and Moshe says, we have a halacha concept that when we have absolute knowledge, something is true, we know with 100% certainty something is true, that is sufficient as if, the halachic equivalent as if we saw it. Called Anan Sahadi, we know for sure. When we know for sure, he says, that can very often take to the halachic substitute for actually seeing. He says, yes, we, knew, we need Jewish supervision. It's not enough that we're just not halachically concerned anymore. We need actual Jewish supervision. But absolute knowledge is the same thing as Jewish supervision. That's what Maisha explains this, hal- this halacha. Come longer, Maisha, today in America... We have USDA enforcement on all on all the dairy companies. They are ensuring that whatever goes into this milk is only cow's milk. Then no one's going to risk closing their business. They get they get busted enough times from the USDA, they're going to be shut down. No one's going to risk a multi-million dollar business to substitute a little bit of pig's milk in there. It's not worth it. That gives us, what Maisha says, absolute knowledge, 100% certainty that what we're drinking, that's USDA approved, is cow's milk. Does 100% certainty is the same halakhic equivalent as if we saw it. Come along Ramesha saying, yes, we need Jewish supervision. Not like the Prichadash. It's like zero. You always need Jewish supervision. This is the same thing as Jewish supervision because we are 100% certain that what we're drinking is cow's milk. That's for, that is Ramesha's halakha. Now, there are those who want to argue on Ramesha. One of two ways they can argue on Ramesha. Either of those who want to say that that, that for this halacha, 100% certainty doesn't help. You need actual supervision. Like the simple reading of the Mishnah. Okay, fine. That's what Mishnah said. We find that in other places. And a second, that's, you want to say, some say, want to say, some safer holds like that. You need absolute, you need to, you need to have to actually see it with your eyes or be on site, um, literally. And the second argument on Mishnah, which I think probably more people can relate to, is that 
and USDA supervision is very nice. That and and makes maybe we're not really legitimately concerned. That makes it 100% certain. I'm not sad it was 100%. He remains to understand that Yadier Brewer. He's understanding he's 100%. Yadier Brewer doesn't mean this. He's he's understanding. He's he's understanding. He's saying he's understanding. And that's it. And that's it. We can we can we can I mean, he says the only way this can work if you know 100%. I mean, Aegis, 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 when you see something, you know what happens. You think this is the Hawaka to Kuban, you're seeing a name like that. He said 100%. I don't know if they're a good point. I mean, the, I've heard before that when, when Moshe says that Mount Nefesh should be Machmer, I've heard before it's because of that. That, 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 that could be, no, he doesn't say why. But, but, that could be, but, but, but the, he's assuming that USA is considered 100% supervision, 100% certainty. I'm arguing that. I'm saying the, 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 you go, I think federal prisons are filled with people who thought they weren't going to be busted. And they, you know, they, they took a chance and, 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 they, and they lost, right? So this guy, this guy in the, in the milk farm also taking a chance and they lost. None of them is talking about Batel Bavol here. I don't. Why, why can't you say that the non-kosher milk will be Batel in the, in the wall of the cow milk? So we don't, even if it is, but maybe, how do you know he put in a buckle? Maybe he put in more than that. How do you know? First of all, you have one company. Maybe he was doing is putting in two percent milk to to, to to you know make that first profit margin. Is that? You don't need that much. Lack lack. It's one in shisha. You don't need that much. You don't need that much shasha. One sixty. Huh? Not that much. It's different. Yeah. Moving away from the, the model of having a cow in your backyard, in a current Colby Stroll factory, is there so agave each and every cow? Well, so the, the, the guy's on site. Remember, he said he, the guy has to be outside the room. Gamar said, the Gamar said he can be outside the room. The guy has to be on site where he could see it anytime. Exactly how they do it, but 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 the, it's considered then someone's on site or has the ability to be on site at all times. As opposed to your regular. As opposed to the person on site by the regular. There's no yid. There's no yid there. There's no yid there. The massive place. The guy comes. Yeah, they go around. They check it out. Some use video cameras. They have other agents around that. So right now we have three opinions. We have. You have the pre-chadush, you said, it's just a halacha concern, you get rid of the halacha concern, you're good to go. We don't, seemingly do not pass, most akhrenim do not pass them like that. You have the samsefer who said that you need to actually be on site, and you have Ramesha who said you need the halacha equivalent to being on site, which is given to us by the USDA. Ramesha makes the point that even, Ramesha says that it's 100% mutter, the milk in America today. He does say numerous times that there's room for, to be stringent. Maybe because Questionable. So USDA is the same thing, maybe because it's better to have an actual Jew in sight. Not sure why he says that, but he says he does say Ramesh himself makes the point that there's room to be stringent and, and there's reason to be stringent. Um, and he said about nefesh should should be stringent and only drink milk of actually supervised by a Jew. One perhaps a very telling chuva, Ramesh was addressing a yeshiva where they said that if we buy chovisol milk throughout the year, it's going to have a very heavy effect on our budget. And he said the yeshiva had no money. And they want to know, really should get it. You're, you're my oldest mother. Should we really be pushing ourselves and going into the red on, on our chov, on our chov Yisrael milk? Um, really go, um, should we really be um, spending so much money on chov Yisrael milk if you hold this mother? And Rabbi Shah says that, you're, what's your mandate? You're a yeshiva, what's your mandate? You're trying to mechanic the children. You're trying to educate the children. Educating the children in the way of a Jewish life is that sometimes you do things which are not strictly necessary by the law. You go a little past that sometimes. 
Remember what she's saying? So your job is to educate them like that. Well, if that, your job is to educate them like that, then you have to you have to provide them with that milk, which shows, that demonstrates that we're going past the, again, what we're ab- halakhically obligated to do. So Ramesha, for sure, holds two things. It's 100% mutter, and he holds that there is room and reason to be stringent like that and to have actual chol milk. So the basic terminology to come out from after Ramesha's time is chol what we refer to as having an actual Jew in sight, became the term that came coined after Ramesha's hetter is chol stam, which is referring to milk that is relying on Rav Meisha's hetter, that's saying that absolute knowledge by the, provided by the USDA is as if we had a Jew on site. Let's go through a couple of cases that come out for those who are not going to call Yisrael. What is considered, what necess, one of the necessary types of call Yisrael, what's considered to be called Yisrael? One case is discussed, <coughs> recent Akhrainim, is something called powdered milk. They take milk, they take out the moisture from it, comes into powder, then they can rehydrate it later. They use this in baby formulas, always it's, it's used, and it's also used in sometimes in various pastries and donuts and, and things like cakes that are that are considered to be dairy. They're going to be marked dairy on by the by the cashier's agency. Are actually made not from real milk. They take this dehydrated milk and then they rehydrate it and that's how they, and they put it in in that form. <coughs> Question is, does that milk, does that re, does that dehydrated powdered milk require need necessary to be called oil? According to those features, they hold you always need to have a Jew on site, or according to Rameshah's saying, Kumar, that you should always have a Jew on site. Does that milk require to be Chol of Yisrael? Why wouldn't it be? So come along the Hartzvi, the Tzvi Pesach Frank, he was the Rav in Yerushalayim about 70 years ago. And he makes a point like this. He said, we have the Halacha, without getting too deep into the Halacha, it's questionable how it applies today. There was a, today the Kasher situation has changed, that there are those who hold that butter does not, is not required to be Chol of Yisrael. Question that doesn't apply today, but that was the halacha. There are many opinions that I held like that at least in time of the Shulchan Aruch that butter was not required to be a kol yisrael. Why not? It's coming from maybe maybe the guy's using pig's milk. When it came to the the halacha answer is that when we look at it, the form it got to you. You never got milk. You got butter. You got a different form of milk. The milk got changed into something else. It became butter. Since what you got was butter, not milk, that was not included in the gzera of chazan. Now, that's what Ritzi Pesach Frank wanted to say, and said only things that Chazal included, actual milk. Milk that got changed into something else is not included in the Gzera of Chazal, and therefore it's not required to be Chov Yisrael. That was Ritzi Pesach's argument. The Chazanish came along and argued on him, and said, no, why is butter not required to have um, come from Chov Yisrael? Because you cannot make butter, at least in times of Shulchan Aruch, now we have changed, you could not make butter out of anything except for cow's milk. It didn't work. You took pig's milk and tried churning it and making butter. You couldn't. It didn't happen. You can dehydrate any form. You take pig's milk and you can dehydrate it. You know anything? So you think the, the whole part of the reason why butter was acceptable, even if it didn't one didn't come from coffee soil, was because it was impossible to make butter out of pig's milk. Dehydrated powdered milk. You could make it out of pig's milk. I googled it last night. You can get ca- powdered camel's milk in America. Um, very expensive. We can get it. Um, Therefore, Chazanish wanted to say, since it's possible to do that, it is still considered to be um, milk and would still be subject to the Xera of Kov Yisrael. It seems like the vast majority of Paiskim do follow the Chazanish, a very logical argument. Um, as there, Vadya goes that powdered milk is okay, and there are those who rely that powdered milk is okay. If, keep in mind, if you're starting from Maisha at the Chumra, then there's more room to accept the to accept the argument that powdered milk is okay. If you're starting that Kov Yisrael is absolutely necessary, then it's a little harder to hear that um, that, that leniency. Next question is, that comes up very often is something which is made on equipment 
you have a product which is made on equipment which previously used non-call stam. So the base kalach is if someone were to go into a place where there is no leniency of call stam, call it says speaks out, you go into a third world country where the um, only regulatory system is how many Benjamin Franklins you press into the guy's hand. So then the whole hatter does not apply. In that case, you need real chalv yisrael. There's no such thing as getting regular milk without a hatter. If you take that milk and you were to cook, um, do something, use it on a, on, on, in a pot, you cook it on a pot, the halacha is clear that you need to kasher that pot before you use it for anything else, and you can't eat anything that's not, that, you can't eat anything from that pot that was, that was made in such a pot. So basically, we treat that milk as non-kosher. If you cook it, it's like kosher, cooking non-kosher in your milk, in your, in your pot. The question is, someone who is makbed on chalv yisrael, and previously on this production line, they used chalv stam. So in that person's view, you could say, well, you use something which essentially he views as non-kosher, right? Non-kosher milk. So how would he be allowed to eat anything that comes off that production line after? The, the real answer is, if you just look at Rav Meisha as a chumrah, or if you just look at this halacha of Chayisol the chumrah, and really accept Rav Meisha's hetar of stam, so there's a chumrah. The chumrah extends eating things which are come off utensils that had that are not cooked is a lower level, less severe prohibition. So we accepted the chumrah for eating the actual item, eating actual milk, or eating actual things that have milk in them. But to eat, to, to, we never accepted that chumrah regarding eating things which were made on a utensil that had that previously cooked milk in that. That's a very logical argument, and uh, Rav Hankin seems to make that argument, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky seems to accept that argument in certain scenarios. The only problem with this is that Rav Meisha himself had the tshuva, where someone asked him, I want to be machmer, like you're saying about Meshach should be machmer. What about the kalim? And they said, kasher the kalim. You want to go in someone else's house and use it, and use their, and use their things, kasher them first. The guy used Chol Stam, which I hold as Motor said Rav Meisha, but you want to be Machmer? Got to capture the Kelm also, because hey, if you want, the Chumra extends to the utensils as well. Now, it sounds like a little, the, everyone who relies on what they call DE, right? That's all the company. It sounds like Rav Meisha is saying not like that. There's one answer I saw about how, why everyone seems to be Mako, or Rav Meisha seems to be Machmer, we're really relying on Rav Meisha to begin with. So Rav Meisha forced in his the rights to the article book on, on, on Kashrus, he says, look at Ramesh's Shuva. Ramesh is saying, kasher, whatever Ramesh is saying, kasher the kalim before you use it. He didn't say if you get a product where they didn't kasher the kalim, that it now is considered non-kosher. He was saying, Ramesh was telling you, kasher the kalim if you have the kalim in front of you. If the food got cooked in it without that, Ramesh didn't discuss that case, and perhaps in that case you would again have the logic that was presented by Rav Hinkin and Rav Kamenetsky that, that, um, that the food did not become non-kosher just because it was cooked in a utensil which um, was previously used for Call of Stam. Just to wrap this all together, essentially, again, we had three opinions. You have Prichadish holds that any concern is enough to get you out. Ramesha holds that you need to have Jewish supervision. You have a lachic equivalent of supervision, so that's fine also. And you have the Chsam Sefer who holds you need actual supervision under all circumstances. Ramesha himself, like I said, he said, holds that there's room to be stringent even if um, even accepting his halacha of Chol Stam, Ramesh himself said that there's very often room to be stringent. Where, how, when you're living in North Virginia, where it's very hard to get it, it may be very different than you're living in New York, where it's hard not to get it. Um, each, everyone has to make that decision on their own. Exactly, and speak to guide you what's appropriate for you and your family in each circumstance. But there's one thing to keep in mind: someone who doesn't keep Chol Yisrael, think thinking about it, but it's difficult. Isn't, be aware, it's not, an, it's, not a, it's not an all or nothing game. 
Or someone says they can do it, but they can't do it for baby formula. They can't do it for the certain types of donuts. Well, a lot of those things may have powdered milk in them. So you already have one leniency. You already have leniencies built in. For sure, the dairy equipment, I think many people, even people keep call our makel, are lenient when it comes to the dairy equipment. I saw of David Feinstein, he says that, it also, he says, it's not a contradiction that under certain circumstances you keep it. You keep it when you're available to you. You keep it when it's easier for you. He says, it's not, it's not a, he says, you know, he says, it's not a contradiction. Someone says, I keep it for milk, but I don't keep it for ice cream. You know, they can get the milk, they can't get the ice cream. He says, fine, so keep it for milk, don't keep it for ice cream. It's important to keep in mind that, that those who, that someone wants to keep it, but they're scared about it. You know, it's overwhelming, right? All of a sudden their life gets changed. Thing. There are steps by steps a person can do, and even those steps, steps each time you would get on that homer, which Rabbi himself says seems to be appropriate. <laughs>